melody by CEO Had a vision to help parents equip Get practical tips Address behaviors Implement strategies Change the atmosphere in your home Open Hello and welcome to the Family Nuggets Podcast. My name is Melody Barnes, your Family Nugget Giver. What is the Family Nugget? It's nuggets of information that I have gleaned from over 20 years as a teacher. Teachers are good advice givers. But do you have a teacher that's right in your back pocket? Well, now you do. Now, I must tell you, this advice is meant to be used for your enjoyment and is not meant to replace professional counseling. Please seek professional counseling outside the realm of this podcast if you are in need of additional help. Family Nuggets loves families, and if you love having a teacher that loves families with you all the time, then welcome to my podcast and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Family Nuggets podcast. My name is Melody Barnes, founder of Family Nuggets, and I am your host. In this episode of the Family Nuggets podcast, we are talking about homeschooling versus sending your child back to school. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Samantha. She is an educator. She's a mom, but I'll let her tell you a little bit more about herself. But first, let me say hi to Samantha. Hi, Samantha. Hey, what's up, Melody? How's it going? I am well. I am well. It's so good to see you. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching the video on either YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, I just have to brag on Samantha. First of all, she is gorgeous. Oh, come on. Uh, I mean, and second of all, her curls are popping right now on this screen. She is so gorgeous. And I just, I'm just like fangirling over her hair right now. Oh my God. (laughs) Just have to give me a moment, but I digress. Samantha, tell us a little bit about yourself and give us a little background about uh, who you are as a homeschooler and how you, how your journey led you there. Yeah, well, I am a mom of three. Um, I started off as an elementary education uh, major at the University of Illinois, and I love teaching all my life just you know always was in a classroom helping a teacher or being a teacher or whatever and um i just enjoyed doing that through college and then when i graduated college i went and taught at um urbana middle school in illinois as well um in the same community i went to university um and that was awesome i taught at sixth grade level i taught science and language arts and loved it but then i got pregnant And I had always made a commitment that I was going to work uh, or I was going to take off time from work to take care of my kids while they're very young. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was super important to me, just prioritizing that. And I decided to do that Mm -hmm. as I was going through life as a mom, which is very hard. um, (laughs) uh, I got used to uh, just teaching my kids naturally. I mean, I mean, yes, I'm a teacher, but naturally that's all you're doing as a mom anyway, because your kids are learning all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Whether it's, you know, learning how to hold a spoon or learning how to, you know, tie their shoes, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you're learning something and you're teaching them. Yes. Um, And so the more I realized that that's what I was doing, um, the more comfortable the idea came. And I actually noticed that I was around a lot of people um, who were homeschooling, surprisingly. I really put myself there. I just kind of felt like um, I was just there around a lot of people who um, who were homeschooling. And so I basically, long story short, kind of just adopted into their community and just kind of connected with them and listened as they as they taught me things, their kids were several years older than mine. So it was okay. easy to kind of jump into that. Um, and then I, because I have a very, <laughs> I would say my family is kind of gypsy-like. Um, mm-hmm. And we have traveled a lot. And in, actually in that, it has caused me not to be in a stable place for 
really more than like a year, maybe two for the longest stint that we've had um, at okay. a time. And okay. so because of that, my kids being so young, it was very easy for me to, um, to just incorporate just lessons because especially with young kids, Mm-hmm. You know, the lessons mostly are colors and numbers and right, you know, right. letters and things like that. So the early lessons are super, you know, convenient to add into the daily life. And Absolutely. that kind of what led me there. And then I just kept praying, like, God, am I to keep doing this? And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> wow, that is a perfect story. And I love how you talked about how everything is just naturally embedded for you yeah. with your kids, because I think as parents, we forget or may not even know how much we're teaching our kids Yeah. Uh, just every day while they're in our presence. They are absorbing everything that we put out, all of our emotions, all of our skills, yeah. all of our know-hows, all of it are, is being taught. And so, you know, when you're saying, you know, basic things like colors and numbers, and we think, oh no, my child has to go to school for that because I can't teach that. You are absolutely teaching it. Even when you're just talking, when you're talking about the spoon, you're talking about the shape of the spoon. When you're talking about the fork, you're talking about the differences between the spoon and the fork. When you're talking about the napkin, you're talking about the shape of the napkin, the, the shape of the plate. But there are so many lessons just wrapped up and embedded yep. into when we're just around our kids that um, I love how you just, how you just naturally embedded and talked about how it's naturally embedded with your uh, young kids. Um, yeah. I, that's just awesome. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. And I had no idea uh, when I <laughs> asked you to be on the podcast that you had been yeah. a teacher before. Yeah, so I yeah, just think yeah. that that is so, so cool because then you can also share that perspective as well, how you were able to switch from being in the classroom to yeah. now being at home. Definitely so I, different. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So I really <laughs> wanted to talk to you because at this pivotal point in history, um, I'm, I'm really coming from a, the educator who's not staying at home, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm having to decide, first of all, do I want to go back into the school building right. to teach? But if I had young children, Samantha, this would yep. be a whole different yeah. conversation and I would be having a much harder time with this right now. Yeah. Even though I have an education background, even though I've been teaching for over 20 years, even though I have had practically had a daycare in my, in my home before when I had to mm-hmm. stop working and I kept kids in my house and I've been babysitting forever. My history with kids is long, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would have, more than likely been like, what am I going to do? Because what do you do? this is I, a very <laughs> hard situation for anyone. And I, I personally, I mean, it is very interesting too, just how everything transpired in March, um, where we're in Illinois. And so immediately Pritzker was like, you know, our government mm-hmm. was like, Hey, no, we're shutting down, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was like a right away thing. And a lot of our, my community who weren't homeschooling and were connected to, or all their kids were in school or in daycares or whatever it were. Um, I remember how they were just like, what do you do? <laughs> like, and they're just like, how do you deal with these things? And, and, and it's, you know, it's not an easy situation to be in. And COVID-19 has created such a huge, um, not just like, obviously we're going to have to deal with the health effects of things, but Mm -hmm. emotionally and Mm -hmm. like, you know, the mental side of it Mm -hmm. and the emotional side of it, and even the financial and all of the other things that are connected, those things are, they're so real. And Mm -hmm. as a matter of, as a matter of, as, as mom coming out of the workforce for like purposefully, you know, um, it was hard. It was so hard. Like, I mean, because my mind was like, oh, let me, let me make sure that I am, you know, working at all yeah. times. But right. one, okay, first of all, I had a, you know, a newborn baby when I did this. So mm-hmm. this baby, you know, yes, I was up in the middle of the night, but during the day, this baby was knocked out. Like, I'm sitting mm-hmm. here like, man, my brain is actually a little bit open to do things now. <laughs> I had three kids by now. And so I realized that I have no yeah. time for that anymore. But those right. first few weeks, 
May or those first few months, they were very hard because I was so used to being on a schedule mm. that somebody mm. else decided for me. That right. I used to creating everything, you know, right, creating right. my own decisions and things like that. And so a lot of my friends were just asking, like, how do you manage this? And right. And just comes with time a lot of it comes with time and patience with yourself and uh -huh. so I think in terms of you know just dealing with this emotionally and mentally that's the biggest thing is creating as many routines as you're able and capable capable and willing to follow and stick to mm -hmm. but also really just putting a lot of energy and effort into just doing what does it take you know what does it take right. to actually be you know, doing this job as, right. as a mom, as a prior priority and, and also, or as a father, as a priority. Um, and then also, you know, having the other responsibilities and the things that you want right. to do for yourselves as well. So right. it's, it takes time. It's, it's not something that you learn, you know, quick, fast and hurry kind of thing. So, right. um, and I think that that kind of leads me to, to my first kind of major thought that key that is like, why are you doing it? Right, <laughs> like, right. Homeschooling so, is so important because of the why. Right, I totally agree. Because I heard you say, I heard you say you had time, right? You had time to decide, am I doing this? Okay, right. I'm doing this, right? Right. Most people when, did not. No, there, there was no time <laughs> Like nobody decide. else did, really. <laughs> Right. And even, even in this window right now, so let's see, it's July and August is coming up in school right. for most of us in Illinois is going to start in about a month or yep. less. Yep. You know, that's still not, doesn't seem like a lot of time because it's like, I like how you said when your schedule is decided for you, mm -hmm. because this feels like something very similar. It's yeah, like yeah, COVID yeah. decides. Yeah. It's kind of deciding for you. Like there's a pandemic. You can't mm -hmm. be around people, not in close yep. proximity, which is what school is literally all about, collaboration and being with your peers and socializing and yada, yada. You yep. can't do that. Yep. So now what is kind of the point to going to school if you can't really socialize? Mm -hmm. um, so how do, I, how do I say this is what I want when it's really not what I want? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. Right, I don't right. want to keep you out of school, but I don't want to send you to school. So I have to make a decision based on what's happening around me, not based yeah. on what I want in my own heart. Right. Yes. And I feel like, and I think that that is a very challenging place to be in. And, and I can't understand that, you know, like that piece is something that I didn't choose necessarily. Now, granted, obviously there are things, or I wasn't in that situation to have been, mm -hmm. to have to choose in that way. Right. But I, I will say that in terms of just how things are going in this, in, you know, in this current season, in this current time, mm -hmm. you know, it's so important for us to just do, it's just so important for us to, to accept where we're at. The, that good one point. Of the, one of the most important things that my mother ever told me was when I, I mean, I have young kids right now still. So my mm -hmm. oldest child is six years old mm -hmm. and my struggle is that I'm not really, I was elementary. Okay. Let me tell you elementary <laughs> and I actually really love middle school. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was not with, I'm not, I still am not with the baby baby. Okay. Look, <laughs> I love them from over there. Okay. Let me tell you, I'm not gonna lie. So that was hard for me. And I'm like, and this is, I mean, currently like there is, I have a one-year-old. It is hard for me. It is not easy for me every day because I do not necessarily naturally desire this kind of a stage. Right. Okay, so yes. actually I have a desire for something different. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, you know, naturally, most of you guys who are, you know, in the process of making these types of hard decisions, you naturally won't be, you naturally wouldn't have chosen this, you know? And now some right. of you may naturally would, you know. Right. You might be like, man, finally, I can home. I've been school. waiting, right. Right, exactly. right. <laughs> but others are, they, this is unnatural. It feels forced upon you. And yes. And it, it feels uncomfortable. And the reason why I mentioned 
you know, that in my like, you know, connection to that is because naturally this age, like I would totally just have a nanny and just be like, eh. but yeah, my mom told me one day, she was like, Samantha, you have to accept where you are. The, the more effort that you put into resisting where you're at, mm, yes. the more energy that you will be wasting. Yes. You can't resist where you Say are. That. You yes. have to deal with where you are and make the best of everything that you can. Take mm. every opportunity to enjoy whatever right. pieces of it that you can, you know? Right. And, and so, yes, this is a sucky situation for anyone. And, um, but it is valuable. It you is. Know, there's, there's something that you will learn about you. Listen, I cannot mm-hmm. even begin to tell you, I have cried so many tears over homeschooling because mm-hmm. I did not want to teach my daughter to read. Okay. And she does not want to learn to read. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she just didn't want to do it, but right. she, but it taught me so much. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about me. I learned mm-hmm. how to deal with people differently. I learned how to have a better reach to other people outside of my culture mm-hmm. and outside of my my mindset and the ways mm-hmm. that I think because of the things that I've had to do that were challenging. And right. yeah, it's 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 rough, but um, but but accepting where right. you're at, right? The world of difference because it's all it you're changes right. your perspective. You're right. You're absolutely right. I actually feel a calm (laughs) while you're saying that. And I'm not even in the situation, but my heart does go out to all of the parents out there having to make this decision. And even if it's not homeschooling versus sending your child to school, maybe you have a hybrid situation or you're going to be all online. Either way, you might have thought to yourself, what if I just homeschool? Right. Maybe you have the financial means to, maybe you have the support of, you know, maybe your family and they can, you know, help in that, in that regard. And I have to, I have to say, I have to give this disclaimer. I know nothing about homeschooling, even though I have a lot of education and I did do some, um, well, I, I took a summer off and I spent a lot of time with my son when he was three teaching him, you know, a lot of basic stuff. I mean, I turned his room into a, a classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I just, you I had all the stuff. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and Samantha, I love the littles. Like, yeah. three-year-olds are just like my I'm favorite I'm going to send them age. to you, okay? I'm going to send them oh to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, while you were talking, I was like. <laughs> I love, I love me your so middle much. schooler. Girl, like, look, look I'm going to talk. Because me and these teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Girl. And it's so funny because like, I've been really, you know, enjoying this time with my teenager, with yeah. my middle schooler. Um, I've just been enjoying getting to know her and spend more time with her. And it's just been such a blessing. Yeah. Like you said, you get to know more about yourself. Yeah. And I've been learning more about myself, especially since my first teenager was a boy. Second yeah. teenager is now a girl. Yeah. And they have different personalities. It's just it's all very, very <laughs> different. Yeah. But um, in the beginning, I was like, oh, <laughs> help <laughs> somebody. What do I do? What I do know. I do? So yeah, so let's let's dig in some more to the homeschooling aspect because I would really love your perspective on this. Um, as people are now is the time they're deciding. Um, so I definitely want to get this episode out there because there's a lot of information swelling out there. I know. Yeah. And I know that this podcast is just one of many where people are talking about this. I actually saw somebody on Instagram the other day having a, a conversation. But I value yeah. this one because we're not two homeschoolers talking, yeah, right? True. true, yeah. We're one working parent and we're yeah. one homeschooler. Yeah. So um, I'm going to definitely be bouncing off of you and learning from you. So Same. let's talk about... Um, what homeschooling looks like in the age of a pandemic? Like, how does it look different? Because, you know, when you're not yes. in a pandemic, yes. you have like a community, right? I, I believe we <laughs> yes. talk about that more. <laughs> right, no, yeah, seriously. Okay, so the age of a pandemic. Okay, I, the best way I can uh, connect this is when I was homeschooling while I was in England. I lived in England for a short time. And um, while I was in England, 
my oldest was um she was just under three okay so i wasn't really doing real like purposeful work with her at that time but we had a lot of activities that we were doing Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know like like i said you just you teach them colors you teach them numbers you teach them you know like whatever so we were just doing little things Mm -hmm. um but I, I, the reason why I want to connect that is because it was very isolating living there. Mm-hmm. And the same is true about the stage. It's a very isolated version of homeschooling. All the homeschoolers, listen, are, we all get super excited. There's like 101 memes that say like, oh man, I'm super excited to go to the library when nobody's there or it's children's <laughs> day and we're at the we're at the museum and nobody's here mm-hmm. you know we enjoy the the excitement of going out too you know like it's not yeah. like oh every homeschooler just sits at home and just you know reads books and then takes right. the math and does the science experiment in terms of that like that's not really what homeschooling is okay actually i will say that some people probably do that i'm not gonna say nobody does yeah. but most people are actually engaging in the community they have um co-ops where they're meeting once a week or they're just connecting over resources or they're Mm -hmm. um they're connecting with conferences we we have so many homeschooling conferences so that we learn okay as much as we can about just the context that concept Mm -hmm. that we're going to teach or okay just about curriculum or whatever um there's tons and tons and tons of resources that the universities and the and the and the cities often you know make available to homeschoolers different businesses will say hey this is homeschooling day and you know so there's tons and tons of things that we have access to okay that now kaput you know like most of that stuff is all kaput for us as well so we lose our community just as well you know um that that's not to say that there's nothing right right Uh, there are some co-ops are still uh, um, continuing and they're just doing like smaller events or now what are co-ops can you kind of explain yeah yeah so a co-op would be a group of families that are basically all agreeing that they're homeschooling in their own individual homes and they may maybe sometimes they do have the same age kids or a lot of times it's just all ages but they're all homeschooling Okay. And so they get together um, and share resources or they might teach classes to each other. So like, for instance, oh. one week, for instance, one of the homeschooling co-ops that's here um, where I live is, is, uh, is, is meets on Wednesdays, right? Um, and they would meet on Wednesdays and have a, um, just a, an opportunity for, hey, a mom knows how to sew. And so she's going to teach a sewing class or this okay. mom is really good at science experiments and so she's going to teach a science class and or whatever and so there's kind of just a cooperative group of people gotcha. who are getting together to connect and actually share the learning experience the village raises the child basically gotcha that's cool and it creates a lot of community which is goes completely against what a lot of people say immediately when i said i was going to homeschool or i am homeschooling most uh-huh. Like, oh my gosh, your kids are gonna be so unsocialized. <laughs> I'm like, hardly, because I'm like the most social person ever, first of all. My kids That's are funny. the most socialized. But anyway, um, co-ops really are very helpful in that context. And so they really do help that people um, you know, just have an opportunity to connect yeah. and stuff like that. And the kids often get, you know, you often find kids that are very similar age or you're teaching the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of differentiation happening because usually yeah. there's, you know, this one group that's teaching a bunch of different grades. Um, right. and sometimes it's more specialized depending upon how big the groups are. Okay, so let me ask you this. So yeah. now that we're in a pandemic, is your co-op able to utilize other tools like Zoom or... Yeah. Yeah, so like do that same kind of like cohort teaching, which yeah. So some of that is still some of so those same decisions that are being made in schools right now, not the same, but Mm -hmm. similar decisions are being made in co-ops. So 
some of the co-ops are like, hey, do we want to meet at all? <laughs> or do mm -hmm. we just want to, you know, just do an over Zoom thing? Or do we just gotcha. want to share resources or, you know, like, you know, communicate with each other on a regular basis just to keep the moms happy? Or, you, know, <laughs> whatever, you know, like have a virtual coffee day with mom, okay? Right, right. Do some work. We're right. going to have a coffee day, like whatever, right. you know, so some of those same kinds of decisions are being made to decide, you know, hey, are we actually doing this or not, you know? Right. So that is something okay. that's, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's, it's, it's possible. <laughs> some right. of them are, I'm sure, going to, yeah. you know, some people are just, they don't care as much and that's fine. So, um, I don't know a lot about like no. the law when it comes to homeschooling. So yeah. just, just a little piece of like, so let's say I decide, okay, this is really sounding interesting. Mm -hmm. When does homeschooling start? Does it start based on the district you live in? And that's the day you start. Is that yeah. a hard set rule? And then you end when yeah. um, their school year ends. And then like, can you kind of touch on like, what do yeah, you so do? Like, how does it work as far as, aligning homeschooling with public school yeah so the thing is um okay the laws are different in every state right homeschooling is a state-based like decision basically okay um so the laws in illinois are very relaxed actually you don't really have um too much to worry about in terms of like you don't have to register yourself you don't have to send them you know, any particular, like, this is what we're doing every single day of the week, or, you know, that kind of thing. Nobody is allowed to come into your house to say your school is not good enough. Basically, you are a private school. That is how they recognize you. As a matter of fact, you even, you even can issue your own diploma, at, you know, wow. or, um, you know, a certificate diploma or whatever it's called, um, okay. high school, high school diploma. You even do that if your kid is, you know, ready to graduate and go to college. You can, there are ways to actually quantify, um, you know, if they want to go to, if your kid wants to go to college, you can quantify, this is what we've done. We can send those transcripts to, you know, you, you create transcripts and you send them off to colleges and they are all legal documents. Wow. So that is the case in several states. It's not just Illinois, but that's how it is here. Um, and at six years old, no kid is actually technically um, un. What is the word? Basically, you have to be at. Uh, you have to be in school by six years old. You're not. You're not. If you don't homeschool, or you don't just take your kid to school at all before six years old, it right. doesn't matter. Right. Um, but six years old is kind of the cutoff. After they're six, they have to be registered somewhere so gotcha. if you never register with the university or with the um with the schools in your public school district they might come knocking on your door you know and just be like hey you know maybe not knocking on your door but they might call you and just say hey are you actually you know registering here as a student or not and so and that is the case in many in many states i know i don't know all of the laws but there is an organization that actually does a lot of um just basically they are a online organization or basically an organization that you can find all the information online where mm -hmm. they actually go kind of fight for you as a homeschooler mm -hmm. um so if you send them a claim that you felt like hey this is not working in my you know best interest and i feel like this is some you know somebody's just kind of abusing me <laughs> or whatever uh -huh. Mm -hmm. um basically you can have the hslda call them and or send them information and just be like hey back off they're fine and so i'm trying to look up the exact what does that actually stand for the hslda but um yes i don't know exactly but i'm looking it up okay <laughs> um Probably but anyway, home yeah. school so, it's, so a, it's their lawyers association or something. Okay. So I'm just okay. calling it that. But it's called HSLDA. Those are the, um, those are the, uh, that's the acronym for it. But I can't exactly figure out the name of what it actually is. And once we find it, we can look for it off of air, off the air, and yeah. then we can post it in the Link comments. It. Yeah, below. yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that's so that's one of the things. If you look up your state laws, then you'll find you know whatever it is. 
in terms okay. of the details. Okay. I did not know that. That's yeah. really, yeah. really interesting. And it's very important for some people because some states are very strict and they're like, okay. no, you have to send us this much information every year. And, you know, mm-hmm. but others like Illinois are just like, eh, whatever. Trust me. <laughs> right. And that's also, I mean, that's Take good to know because, you know, a lot yeah. of Illinoisans, those of us who live in Illinois, some of us bounce back and forth between Illinois and Indiana. Right. 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 So Indiana's I laws might be very different. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> to know that before you make the yeah. move. So that, that actually leads us into the next question I have for you. What are the risks of homeschooling? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a funky question because it really depends. Well, okay. My, my teacher brain turns on when I think of this. Okay. So Mm -hmm. my, my natural response is the risks of homeschooling are going to be academic issues, right? Things that, you know, might turn, may, might make it difficult for your student to be connected to, you know, whatever level that he or she is supposed to be at for the typical kid. Right. Okay. Gotcha. But the struggle that I have with this, this idea, though, is mostly that I have bought into the idea that homeschooling is not meant to just be, uh, or, or I'm sorry, schooling is not meant to just be for, um, education is not just academic, okay? Look, I knew you were going to say I that, I'm trying to hold my tongue. Oh <laughs> I'm literally like, bursting on the inside yes yes because that is so true and and there's so many people right now who are saying well i didn't do well with my kid while we were at home during the pandemic or or they failed they they did bad and it's my fault and they have to be at school and they have to be with their teacher yep that is not where education takes place nope Nope. right it's It's just not. not Oh my gosh. And the thing, the thing that I had to un, like, I guess burp out, (laughs) I had to get this out of me. Okay. Mm -hmm. The idea that education is an academic pursuit. It is not an academic pursuit. And yes, the struggle that I had, um, when I first started homeschooling was that I was looking at my kids and I'm like, man, they are phenomenal people and this is awesome and I'm really proud of them this way and that way and I one wanted to cram all of the information that's in my head that took 16 years of education 17 years of education mm-hmm. into my child pretty much right. you know like I'm like let me get all this stuff into you you know I mm-hmm. figured you could figure that out really fast really fast right. it took me 17 years to get this <laughs> like that's literally how I was trained for all right of these right years, right Mm-hmm. I have this information. I have the capacity to read and, and think and do these things in this particular way because I've trained to do that for exactly. years. Exactly. Almost two whole decades. Right. This is this kid's first, you know, experience. And mm-hmm. so education in terms of the risks, um, there are no risks to education. None. There Love are it. risks to, I say that with quotations, there mm-hmm. are risks to um, maybe what, we want for our kids Mm -hmm. um yep our desires for our Mm -hmm. children (laughs) Mm -hmm. are very real and uh, very challenging emotionally Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. i'm always struggling with that and and when we are homeschooling the biggest risk i think is not that my kid won't achieve what i want him to it's that I will put expectations on him mm. that he now loses the value of the education. I love and that. I think that is, I, he loses the value in education. He loses value in me as a, as a relationship. Um, there's so much. Yes. Oh, it's so hard to homeschool. Okay. I'm not saying this like, oh, go do it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it is so hard because there's so many things emotionally that are happening in you as the parent. Yes. As a teacher, when I yes. was a teacher, no offense to my kids, but I could go up there and I could be like, 
I hope you understand what I'm saying. And right. then I could turn off my brain and go right. home and do whatever. When I'm at home with my child, I'm like, I need you to learn all this. I can't understand why you don't get this. And I just, right. I have to force it down their throats immediately. But, but when, I'm, when I was a teacher, like I literally was giving them the space to learn it as they needed. I didn't, right. I wasn't consumed with my own expectations and desires right. because mm -hmm. I didn't really have them, you know, like, right, right. Those, things for them, but the emotional know. part of yeah. being a parent and oh. being, or even calling yourself a teacher or calling yourself an educator, yes. you put the world's expectation on yourself. Yep. You put all of your expectations on yourself and you almost feel like I'm, I must not be as smart as I think I am. Sure, oh, I'm an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer or a, a, a construction worker, you know, whatever it is that I do that I'm really skilled at, but I can't teach you, then there's some, there must be something wrong with me. Yep. Or you don't want to learn from me, there must be something wrong with me. Oh, yep. we don't have as good a yep. relationship as I thought we have, there must yep. be something wrong with me. Oh, oh. you're not going to graduate on time. You're not going to be able to do softball. You're not going to be able to do whatever sport. There must be something wrong with me. So yep. now my emotions are all out of whack yep. and I can't connect with you because I feel like there's something wrong with me right yep. that's exactly how i felt when i was trying to teach my daughter to read i was so overwhelmed because i was just i thought i was a terrible teacher mm -hmm. <laughs> i thought i was a like i knew i was a great teacher when i was teaching other people right. kids. so I, was, right. I had no doubt it in my mind like and i was confirmed it was confirmed from other people and then that's the other part of homeschooling because right, right. there's no one to confirm the, well, there is. The kids, <laughs> the kids. They also be like, Mom, I think you're a terrible teacher sometimes. I'm like, oh, my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my kids are blunt and they'll tell you, like, they'll tell me, like, Mom, no, that was a terrible lesson and I'm bored and I don't want to do this and I don't know. And all of those emotions that if you were my student in class, I'd just be like, I don't care. Girl, <laughs> I just look. Sure. I posted but, something the other day on my Instagram story that said, um, <laughs> you know, cause I was, I was preparing for another presentation mm -hmm. and I had to go back and edit myself because I had talked way too much on like all the videos. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even realize I talked that much, but I can remember kids telling me, Mrs. Burns, you talk a lot. And I would be <laughs> like, and right. you gonna learn this today. Right. So I would keep talking. But let your child tell you that. Yes. And then you're oh, all like, you what? Him. No, right? Why did you say that? I'm your mom. I'm your mom. Like, why? Right? Dude, it's, it's we want our, but, but we would we would applaud our own kids if they said that oh, to man. their teacher or said that to somebody else like mom that teacher was talking too much that teacher was doing too much that, and you know we'd be like well did you say something did you right but say it to us say it to me say right <laughs> my face it's like no no thank you <laughs> I thought you just not just tell me that <laughs> right. Like, I'm trying so hard. I stayed up extra, extra long last night trying to put this together, and I'm still failing. Right. You're telling me, and you, you, my whole heart is in you. Like, right. Right. We share the same uh, blood. You uh, can't say that. For real. Yeah. It's, Our emotions that's, are. So I, I think, think that's the biggest. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what really like compounds the situation and makes it like harder to make decisions. And then once we make the decision harder to stick with it because mm -hmm. we're not able to effectively, you know, pull our emotions away from this endeavor. I think that's such a huge piece with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, emotional Very fatigue. Easy. Oh, yeah. and it's, it's easy. And that, that compounds even in this season because we're not just talking about emotional fatigue that, you know, is just from homeschooling, which you'll get in just the nature of momming and, you know, parenting, right. but, but further the emotional fatigue of, man, I really just want to go hang with my girls and go do this or do that, you know, whatever the right. norm that I'm used to and that I've created in my life that I've put together mm -hmm. that have helped me to deal with the things that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. This is to be able to this escape or have that break. Yeah. Can't no even... longer, no longer have it. <laughs> Sad. Gotcha. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the risks. We didn't even get into the financial risks. 
right? Or the risks that it might even have on your relationship if you have a spouse in the house. Because I think that even changes your relationship a little bit. We didn't even get into that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but I think, and and maybe we can come back to this, Samantha, and do like another episode where if, you know, viewers want that or listeners want that where they want to hear more about just just that part. But um, we've, we've had such a rich conversation and I don't want to go too, too long. Yeah. I do want to um, kind of pivot a little bit from, from the risk um, and just really stay in this lane of like pandemic transitioning from possibly homeschooling to staying at home. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the, the parent that still has to work. Yeah. And maybe their school, their child's school is all online. Let's mm-hmm. say it's all virtual. Um, mm-hmm. I know there is a school district right now that there's just all virtual right now, at mm-hmm. least for the first half of the school year. Mm-hmm. And that parent still has to work, whether yep. they have to work out of the building yep. or they're working from home themselves. Yes. Um, yes. They're still going to have to separate themselves from their child and their child is going to have to do some independent work. Yeah. How, how is it that a parent can say, okay, I relinquish the fact that I may not be trained as a teacher, mm-hmm. but I also know I have a responsibility. Otherwise the teacher's going to be calling me talking about so-and-so didn't log on to Raz mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. or Seesaw or Flipgrid and turn in their assignment. And mm-hmm. now they're looking at me like, well, why not? <laughs> right. You know, like right. Right. how does, how does a parent do that in terms of like how it might look for homeschooling? Like, can we yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Um, so I, I would definitely say, uh, so this is somewhere that I don't have, I do have experience. I don't have like maybe the same level of pressure though. So my, so I have part-time worked pretty much all of my time at home aside okay. from the first year, maybe two years. Okay. Okay. So I have part-time, I've worked part-time. Um, in several capacities, actually, I worked in a place where I had to physically be in a building and then also worked, um, on my own, um, at okay. home okay. as uh, a freelance writer. So okay. I, so I actually, um, so the struggle that I have with this is, is it, part of it is really just the fact that you just really have to be much more scheduled than you might be comfortable with. Um, well, okay. at least scheduled. Come yeah. through, schedule, okay, keep going. I'm tracking. I came from a family who <laughs> is very unscheduled. Okay, let me say that. Okay, um, got you. They are very free, you know, very, very, very free, okay, in terms of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I call my parents hippies, okay? They're black hippies because I just, they just are, everything <laughs> is just cool, you know, everything. Got is, you. We're just gonna take our time everything everything you got it man but like i and I, and that was my temperament more or less mm-hmm. um when i started <laughs> it is no longer my temperament because i don't have that option and so that leads me to just the idea of the schedule the routine um you as a mom may want a routine or a schedule or you as a parent may want a schedule but mm-hmm. you, but your children need a routine. Um, mm. they need Wait, say that and say that again. Say oh. it. Just back up. <laughs> <laughs> your you as a parent need a schedule. Your child needs a routine. Okay, um, break that down. So the reason why I say this is, as a parent, you kind of need to wake up every day at the same time, so that you know that you have completed as many tasks as you can before your child wakes up for perhaps, or so that you got enough sleep so that you can manage your child for the whole right. day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, also the importance of just, you know, whether you choose to wake up, you know, hours and hours before your kid, or you choose to wake up, you know, when your kid wakes up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to kind of deal with them right away you need to know, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend this, these hours doing this. I'm going to spend these hours doing that as okay. best you can. Okay. okay now, gotcha. again, I did not come from family. This was not, not, not normal to me. I'm not very type A personality. So this gotcha. is not, 
this was not normal to me to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of, you know, work my way through it. But um, the, the closer I got to that schedule, the more productive I was, period. Okay. Gotcha. And my kids, they are kids. Okay. So my kids are young. So, mm-hmm. but I know this is true because I have a 14 year old, uh, uh, I was going to say daughter. No, a 14 year old sister who is very much like my daughter and she spends a lot of time with us. And so I have a lot of experience with just taking care of her in the same kind of way. She would just stay with us for, for weeks and weeks on end mm-hmm. sometimes. And so, um, so in just the context of how their routines are and what their, their norms are, they may not, some kids might be like, I wake up literally at the exact same time every right. single day, but I do not put my kids on a timer or an alarm clock necessarily, unless I know they're older, like, like my sister, I would put her on an alarm clock. My younger kids, I'm not putting them on an alarm clock. I'm going to let them mm-hmm. wake up when they wake up. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but when they wake up, they do the same things every single morning. They know. Brush okay. your teeth. And that is routine, right? Routine. So we're not and, talking about time frames and no. time barriers. And that's the difference between a routine and a schedule. Yeah. And that's why I love that you said those two words in a separate context. Yes. Um, because because I, need, I need a schedule because I need to know that I have completed all of these things before my kids wake me up within a certain amount of time yes right and the routine can be a little bit more flexible right in terms of time i need you to brush your teeth first i need you to do this second but i don't need you to brush your teeth in exactly five minutes if it takes you 10 minutes that's fine but until you do this you will not not do this right right and so that is that is the reason why i really really strongly lean towards routine for kids until they get older like i said the the, t- the high schoolers i might put them on a schedule because by high school time you you about ready to get out out of my house so right, right. i need to know that when you leave you know how to do these things for you right yourself. exactly you exactly. know but but young kids even up to maybe 12 years old even you know once you hit that middle school age then you can maybe start doing more specific routine time things but um, but when I'm in charge of your schedule, then that means right. I'm going to give you a routine, basically. Right. I love that. That was a perfect answer, Samantha. Oh, good. <laughs> I hope it answered your question. <laughs> you did. You did. I love it. I love it. So, um, we talked about the risk and we talked about like how hard it might be to emotionally, you know, distance yourself from being a parent versus helping your child at home and feeling like you can't do it. And then we also talked about what it would be like if your child is staying home, right. you are having to work and what it looks like if, you know, for you and possibly for your child. Um, mm-hmm. And you, I love how you talked about schedule versus, versus routine. Um, so we were going to get into next what are the risks to sending your child back to school? Yeah. Uh, yes. But it has, it has been a almost risk. an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, we've yeah, been yeah. talking. And I want to honor your time. You have children um, that I'm sure are looking for you. Um, so perhaps we can come back for a part two if you have time. Hey, I would love I to do. have you. I have time. I like talking about this with you. You are a great host. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> so let's schedule a time to come back and revisit yeah. this because I would like to just talk about, you know, what it might be like for sending your child back to school. I know for me, I have some very strong opinions, but I'm going to try to keep those to myself because I want the listener and the viewer to be able to decide for themselves. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just know, and maybe, and, and this is something interesting before we close out. I just, we have our social circles, right? That we belong to. We have our communities that we belong to. And many times we decide to stay within those circles because they believe what we believe or see things how we see them. So many people in my social circles all agree with me, Mm -hmm. right? With how I think. Mm-hmm. But there are many people who don't think how I think. Yeah. And I think it's so important to acknowledge those families who think differently mm-hmm. um, than, than I do, um, because we all need support in this, right? Mm-hmm. We all have to make a decision 
that's best for us. And yeah. instead of me or mm-hmm. family nuggets saying, this is what you should do. Um, mm-hmm. I think we should just give some really good tips and tricks about what to do, no matter mm-hmm. what your decision yeah, you know, is. We don't know what the people are experiencing. And I've actually right. been on the other end of the spectrum. I've mostly been around people or mostly many of my circles, I won't say in every situation, but in particular with homeschooling, most of my circles were not the same as me. I, I'm consistent gotcha. in circles that are different from me. And so um, okay. it does provide a different experience, <laughs> I have to say. Mm-hmm. But I like being in places that are different from me because I want to hear what I'm not naturally thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I want to tell what people's perspectives are that are different from mine so that I actually challenge Learn. my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so, your experiences as a young person has taught you that, you know, when you say that your parents yeah. are a hippie and you just kind of like <laughs> move from place to place to place to place, you have had to learn to adapt, adapt. to so many yeah. different oh my gosh. people and cultures and societies and ways of life that yeah. you can easily switch like that, right? I you hope it's easy. I'll be trying. <laughs> Man, I totally so get even. it. Not even I totally it. get it. Oh my God. So, yeah. So let's wrap up. And yeah. um, I yeah. want to thank you so, so much for. Oh, thank you podcast. for having me, really. This was so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if I had buku amount of times, I would keep going. Me too. But yeah. <laughs> I would Unfortunately, too. Unfortunately, I got to so wrap much. it up. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. And hopefully, we didn't hear that little pop of the microphone on my on the back of my hand. No. But thank you so much I for being here, Samantha. And um, we, I like to say um, thank you to the audience, to the Family Nuggets mm-hmm. audience. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to leave us a rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. Also, follow us on Family Nuggets on social media platforms under the spelling F-A-M-L-Y Nuggets. Remember, there is no I in family because you cannot do family alone.